Good morning to all of our listeners. This is EMS Improv Podcast. Engage, be mindful, tell your story. Powered by GEMS. Today we are going to be listening to Chief Jethro Piland of Hanover Fire EMS and Craig Bodette, Fire Medic and Peer Support Team Member at Hanover Fire EMS. Welcome, gentlemen. Uh, thank you very much for your time this morning. It's great to get to talk with you again after the time we spent together in Virginia with our workshop. Um, for our listeners, we're going to talk a little bit about leadership, peer support, vulnerability, and whatever else comes to mind. Uh, Chief, if it's okay with you, I'd like to start with you and, and have you tell us a little bit about your department for those listeners that don't know much about Hanover Fire and Virginia specifically. Thank you. Well, that just sure is a great pleasure to be here uh, this morning. And uh, like you, we had a fantastic uh, workshop and it was a, a great experience for, I believe, everyone involved. Uh, for those of you that don't know anything about Hanover County, uh, Virginia, we're northeast of the city of Richmond. It's a mix of suburban and rural America. We have about 110,000 residents. Uh, we serve uh, those residents out of 17 uh, fire and EMS stations. Our department is a mix of a combination of volunteers and, and career folks. We have 194 uh, trained active volunteers and then 229 uh, uh, full-time employees, most of which are assigned to our operations division. We run uh, ALS, BLS ambulances, fire first response, ladder trucks, heavy rescues, and the like. That, that sounds uh, incredible. And, I, and coming from a combination department in Colorado, but not, not to the size and scope of that, that sounds like you have a lot on your plate, particularly with staffing and, and possibly even with retention uh, with this you know, era, particularly the COVID era that we hopefully are coming out of. Is there anything uh, that's critical to you right now as a chief officer that uh, are making some of your decisions tougher or staffing issues um, uh, hard to kind of navigate? Sure. We, um, I would like to start off just talking a little bit about our volunteer system we have a single standard in Hanover County and all of our responders are trained to equivalent levels. So our volunteer uh, component stack equally up against our career component. They complete the fire academy. If they go on to uh, EMT or paramedic, they complete a similar paramedic program. The main difference is the time frame in which we support them to balance that work-life balance. But when you stack them pound for pound for providers across Virginia, they're, they're in the top. They're in the top. And of course, I, I realize that I, am, I have a special place in my heart for them, but I've seen them work and I've seen their dedication and commitment. The, the troubling times are that volunteers and nationwide is on a decline. And so we've really had to kickstart recruitment programs, retention programs, and for that matter, for our career folks, uh, the new climate in the pandemic era has really changed people's perspective on how we interact with each other, how we communicate, and, you know, really where are our core focuses with family, community, uh, responsibility, and those changes change the priorities of our our folks, our employees, and the folks we serve. So yeah, recruitment and retention is definitely strained at the moment. Chief, that brings up so many things and, and gets me in my feels. And, and I know you have a gentleman uh, sitting near you. 
uh, when, when you talk about family and community and how the culture um, can be driven by the, the members within the department and how you as the chief have to be focused on that. You guys have done a really, really great job of creating a collaborative and a robust peer support team, which kind of helps, you know, as far as an offering to your volunteers and to your, your career members uh, in times of uh, strife in times of trouble, you know, when they have a need, they just have uh, somebody they need to talk to or a resource that the peer support can access or help them access. Um, why is it such an important and passion for you to have such a robust team? And then the, the gentleman that's that's kind of coordinator of the team along with uh, Kevin Mills, what, what, what do you see in these guys? And then, and then I'd love to hear from them uh, or at least Craig today about uh, his mission and his passion for peer support? So I, I have to give Craig and Kevin 100% um, uh, accolades and credit for the design and development of our peer support team. Uh, I am simply a part of this in a sense by accident. Uh, you know, we, in our service, uh, you know, fire and EMS, we see people on their worst days and we get involved in very difficult, challenging, traumatic experiences that, you know, back in the day, it was just suck it up or be tough or don't worry about it or bury it deep dark, down dark inside of your heart and, and, you know, continue to do your job. And we've seen performance issues over the years and we've seen, you know, chemical dependency, we've seen breakdowns, we've seen just the inability to sort of cope. So I love the people that work for me. I love the people that I serve. And I truly mean that in my heart, I have a great compassion uh, for those around me. And I have struggled with how do I help them through uh, coping through some of these challenging experiences. And my friend Craig Bodette and his uh, colleagues came to me and says, hey, chief, we have a great idea. We would like to develop a peer support team. And that made really good sense with me because at the time we were talking with the regional fire chiefs associations about resilience and about uh, productivity and about uh, post-traumatic stress. And Traditionally, firefighters and paramedics don't want to go to a clinician. Uh, in our, our world, it's the EAP, it's the Employee Assistance Program, because none of those providers initially spoke our language or could relate to us. So this made great sense. We could collaborate with the peer firefighters that had some counseling experience, were willing to listen, their heart was overfilled to support. We could partner them with chaplains, with local clinicians, and even teach and inform and change the perspective for our employee assistance program. So as chiefs, we were thinking about sort of mental health by menu. And, you know, Craig brought this to our attention. And I'll, I'll turn it over to Craig and let him sort of share his story. But I give them 100% credit. That's awesome. Craig, so... Welcome and, and thank you for your time. And Chief, just what you're saying resonates so much with uh, with many of us 
that have taken that next step in, as far as PTS and resilience and, and getting our clinicians on board with what we do and speaking our language. So Craig, a, a lot of accolades there, and I know you're a humble guy and, and I've got to meet you and look you eye to eye and, and when, when we finally got together in Virginia. So let's turn it over to you, Craig, and tell us about your mission, your passion, what you brought to the chief and how you continue to, to create the collaborative efforts that you've put together with your team and the people that you, you've brought together. I, I'm, I'm excited to hear you, you tell us a little bit. Yeah, well, good morning, Eric. I appreciate you having me on the show. Um, you know, I, I would like to say that what I have done has been something that has been um, incredible, and it has been, but I, I'm really, honestly, standing on the shoulders of giants. And these are people that were doing this in the late 80s, people that were doing it, um, you know, starting now. And, you know, um, Chief Pylon mentioned of... Um, Kevin Mills, and I, there's one other person I, I'd like to give a, a quick props to, and, and that's um, Battalion Chief Gregory Martin. Um, he's been my biggest mentor. He's been the one that's really kind of guided Kevin and myself along of, hey, think about this and think about that. And it's been, um, it's been a good thing. And, and you know, we, we talk about the rank and all that. And, and with peer support, rank has, has no, no significance. It's, it's, we're dealing with human beings, not dealing with rank. And so it's been a, a great transition. And, and, you know, it's been one of those things to get people to understand, hey, look, it's okay not to be okay, right? It's just not okay to stay there. And that's what we just we are trying to get through to people. You know, I, I have people all the time will come up and, and we provide, you know, a, a name of a clinician and they're like, well, I haven't called them. You know, I'm not I'm not here to be a, a mental health Nazi and ask you every 24 hours, have you called, have you called, have you called? That's that's not what our job is. Our job is to make you feel safe. Our job is to make you feel um, what you say matters. And, and that is absolutely critical for us and what we do. And, and the other aspect, too, is, is the confidentiality portion. Um, you know, when you come to us with something that's that's falling on, on, you know, that's between you and, and the person that you're talking to. We don't, we don't let things leak out. Now, do mistakes happen? Yes. And sometimes we do let that, we, we do have that happen, but for the most part, we really try to keep the confidentiality portion up as well. So what I'm hearing is trust and integrity important. And, and going back to one of the first things that you said, rank has no significance in this transition because you treat everyone as a human being. And do you see that as a culture from within that the way you brought it to chief and you and Kevin uh, brought it to the chief that, you know, you told them, looked them dead in the eyes and said, it doesn't matter because every one of us is going to have life's troubles, uh, suffer trauma, um, deal with the line of duty deaths that you guys have had an inordinate amount um, over the last several years, w whatever the case may be. Uh, what resonates and I hope translates to some of the listeners that you guys are, are that unicorn that rank doesn't matter. Human beings are what matters. And whether it's a chief, uh, a battalion chief, you know, I, I hear this chief saying, I love my people. I, I saw that exhibited firsthand when we were out there for the workshops. And this is the unicorn of, of relational uh, and administrative and culture where the bottom is engaged with the top and the top is engaged with the bottom and it's collaborative. So Craig, 
with everything you said in the help and you said, yeah, we make mistakes and, that, and that's obviously the case, but creating that safe environment, creating that opportunity for people to trust. You said you stand on the backs of giants. So that means there had been a roadmap or a foundation. How do you continue creating a safe environment and, and that you had people um, feel in deep enough despair and yet be vulnerable and strong enough to say, you know what, I need help. What, do you, what are you guys doing to create that safety net, that, that environment that allows them to come to you and share something for you to get them a resource? I, I think, Eric, the biggest thing, and I think Jethro would agree to this, I think the biggest thing is just the ability to listen, right? Sometimes people are not, um, you know, all, really all people need to, to hear is that validation of, am I crazy here? Is this, is this normal? You know, th that kind of thing. I think Jethro uh, could probably to uh, could probably attest to that, that we, it, it's just that, that listening aspect. And, you know, the thing about peer support, we, are, we haven't brought up anything new. I'm not reinventing the wheel here. We are not reinventing the wheel. All we're doing is just the ability to sit down and talk. And I think sometimes in today's age, in today's society, we have a hard time listening and holding a conversation without it going sideways and name calling or whatever the case may be. And we see that a lot when it comes to politics and, um, you know, unfortunately, even the vaccination aspect of it. And I know that that touches a lot of people. So um, I think Jethro could probably even go into that a little bit further, but I, it's just the, the ability to listen and, and, and make them feel validated. So, so Eric, I have uh, some thoughts, if you, uh, if you will, it's really, what Craig has done, you know, our business in fire and EMS is to, to sell trust and confidence to the people that we serve. Mm -hmm. And he and his group have been able to translate that back to ourselves, back to our own uh, peers, back to our own family of really being reliable, being available and being present in the moment when our folks are struggling. And, uh, the trust that the information that's shared, as Craig said, stays there unless we're in a crisis moment, unless there's a moment where there's harm that could be done. And then it's sort of elevated through the, the emergency protocols that they developed. The, the other thing is, and Craig touched upon it, they went out nationally to research the infrastructure from other states and other departments that were doing it well, modeled themselves after that, but then they reached out to our partners regionally, to our neighboring fire uh, EMS agencies and built some collaborative efforts between each other. Because as you've said, we have had line of duty deaths in Hanover far too many, and all of them have struck a chord and, and changed us as who we are and how we operate. And when you're in the mix, you, you don't have clear vision at times. And so we've needed to rely on our partners, our neighbors to come in and provide superior port alongside with our, our own peer support providers, because sometimes our peer support folks are suffering as well. So it's the trust, it's the confidence, it's the reliability of being present, it's listening, and it's building that regional partnership. And, and if, if I could add a, an, an additional idea, is educating the clinicians as to what we do, what our culture is, how we operate, sort of introduce them to the brother and sisterhood, which 
now I am hearing less and less concern about, well, I don't want to go see a clinician because they don't know what I do. Well, Craig and his team have brought in 20 different clinicians over the years, you know, shared with them who we are, spent time with them. They, they come ride with us. They visit us at the fire stations. The relationships are developed long before the crisis occurs. Those are the things he's too humble to tell you about. Chief, and that, and that, and that to me, and I appreciate the leadership level and the relationship that I saw firsthand that, that you have, not only with, with Craig and Kevin, but all the other people that were involved in our workshops from uh, psychologists to counselors to um, firefighters to healthcare workers and, and the multitude of other agencies that, that, were, that, that felt comfortable coming in and, and bearing their souls and, and sharing laughter, um, building those relationships, uh, you know, builds that strength. And you said something, Chief, and, and uh, your humility it, it is, is special, and, and, I, and I'm appreciative of it. That vulnerability that you have, but that to me, I find is a strength. And I think uh, Craig would, would agree. When, when you had to stand at that time where um, each of you were suffering, there, there was a moment that was so poignant. And, and for that one chief officer, that one peer support team coordinator that's out there, handing over the reins or control, how, how difficult was that? And can you, if it's okay, do you mind describing that? And, and for the length of time that, that you kind of just said, you know, they, they basically came to you and said, we're going to take your, your department to give you time to, to start the grieving process. Is that something that you could just delve into for a, for a moment? To, to sure. Uh, briefly, I'll set the stage in, during Hurricane Michael, October 2018, we had a traffic accident on one of our interstates where uh, a company officer was killed. It, it was devastating. Um, one, it's in the middle of the night. Uh, we had uh, a horrific accident that was on the interstate that we had to respond to. We were intelligent enough to call the neighboring uh, fire department from Henrico County to come help stabilize the scene. Our folks did a tremendous job caring for the wounded and getting them to the level one trauma center in the city of Richmond. And we had, uh, because of our partnerships, multiple fire departments had reached out. This is 2 a.m. in the morning. You know, we, we were contacted by the um, International Association of Firefighters. It says, how can we help? We were at the hospitals visiting family and the wounded and it came time, um, you know, the next day for me to address the, the staff and really communicate what happened, what were the, you know, because social media goes nuts, what happened, what were the facts, what, what was our trajectory and what was the real, what was the plan? And standing in front of my folks at 10 a.m. in the morning after being up all night, devastated, I didn't have a plan. There's no playbook. And so I reverted to the things that I know, which is family, faith, and, and love. And it was, I became immensely transparent and vulnerable at that moment. And I looked at them and I said to them, I, I don't know what the plan is. I don't, you know, there's no playbook. I don't know what's going to happen uh, immediately, but we will get through this because we love each other. 
And at that moment, we started to collaborate with our partners and we requested an incident management team from the Richmond area to come over. Uh, within an hour, there were 40 people sitting in our emergency operations center from all around the Richmond area. And I walked in, I gave a speech, I briefed them on the on our operational aspect. And, and like you said, I handed the keys to the department over to them. They ran 100% communications, 100% of funeral planning, and 100% of our emergency operations. And that allowed me to do two things. The first thing it allowed me to do is be human uh, and take a breath and sort of gather my emotions and, and build that fortitude with, with my core peer folks uh, to lead these folks. The next thing it allowed me to do was to be present with the families, to be with them, to help them with their grieving processes and to be present with the department. Everyone was suffering. And because I had turned the keys of the department over and almost the responsibility of being the fire chief to a group of folks, I was able to go visit with the stations. I was able to listen. I was able to be present. I was able to share, um, you know, sort of my sadness, but the sadness quickly turned into laughter and stories and positives. And we focused on uh, all of the, the blessings that we had having the company officer in uh, our lives. So that was tremendous, I believe, for our rebuild and, and, you know, you never get over uh, the tragedy, but you can move forward. Um, but, but we were able to, to be human. We were able to connect. We were able to build those relationships. And I'll tell you what Craig's group helped me do when you're present and you're available and you're responsive to the, to the needs of your employees, boy, that builds a whole lot of credibility because I could have been stuck in office crunching numbers or dispatching calls or making policy decisions. And that is the last place I needed to be during this tragedy. And I, I think too, Eric, that it, it really, um, Jethro hit on something very big with the vulnerability portion of it. Um, you know, for us, it was, hey, look, we're, we're going to have this, we have a team from the International Association of Firefighters come in. Um, they're not going to take the, the program over. They're just going to come in and compliment. And they really did. It was, um, you know, because honestly, let's, let's be truthful here. We're, we're all reeling from this. Um, any department that, that goes to that, that's not what they anticipate when they wake up in the morning. And um, to be able to take that, that load off our shoulders and hand it to them, knowing that we're going to be in good hands. Um, we had Phoenix come in um, to help us after, after two days. We were okay at two days, but we were pretty much at the end of our ropes. I think everybody was just spent. And the, you know, the, the, the messenger can spoil the message. And when they hear, when somebody else hears from other people besides us, I think that, that brings home the thing of, wow, this is really powerful. There are people coming in from over the country to assist us in a way. And that was just, that was just huge. But, to, I, you know, I, I do want to just quickly mention this, that the, the vulnerability portion of it, that, that's what's really hard for people in fire service and, and firefighters around the world is, is, is being vulnerable. And, you know, there's, there's not a single soul that likes it, but there's really strength in vulnerability. There's really um, a rebirth where the phoenix rises from the ashes from being, being vulnerable. And I think, um, you, you know, what helps us in our end of it for, for uh, trying to get that message across is Jethro. 
you know, Jethro's a, a flight medic. He does it once or twice a week and he, he gets it. He understands it. So he, he knows he's had his issues too with calls and, and things of who to deal with the ones, the calls that stick out. And so it was just, um, it was pretty incredible to, to, to watch. And, you know, honestly, I think all of us were probably, you know, a little bit going crazy, but um, it was, it was great. It was awesome. And, you know, the other sad, sad, the other sad portion of that is that, that when you have a peer support team, there's two things that you're really not prepared for. One of them is LODD, LODD, and the other ones are suicide. And unfortunately, we had another regional department that a month later literally had a, a suicide and it affected them. And um, to see people, you know, to give the chance to just be present and listen and, and to give them the confidence to let them talk, that's all that mattered. Oh, wow. Uh, Keith, and, and if I can call you Jethro um, and, and Craig, I know that uh, if our listeners uh, are anywhere near where that has taken us emotionally, I, I want to say, and, and since I know both of you now personally, I, I'm proud of you and I'm humbled by the relationship and I'm overjoyed by your ability to share um and, and that vulnerability piece. And, and that's one of the things that I preach about all the time is the vulnerability and the strength in it. And you guys went out on a limb and, and we're vulnerable and we're silly. And, and, you know, with, with your partners and with your coworkers and your subordinates, when we came out there for that workshop and, and you guys exemplify and exude what you say, and it's, it's, you're authentic and you have the uh, intentional attitude and behavior, uh, it's missional focused and, and yet you don't take yourself so seriously that you, that you don't realize um, that, that you can't make mistakes. And, and I, I am appreciative beyond measure of, of the relationship that we have and we'll continue to build Craig uh, knowing you chief pilot. I'm always going to be a resource to you and ear. Um, we have a faith system that's, uh, that's the same and, and, and that'll, you know, that transcends a lot of other things. And, spirituality for people that doesn't have to be religiosity and and um in, in the last couple of minutes here uh, i'd like to give each one of you just a couple of minutes to share for our listeners for yourself maybe to be cathartic uh maybe it's something i need to hear again too uh but as we wrap up and just before i close my mouth because the people are here to 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 listen to you guys uh thank you again for what you've shared thank you again for who you are for the people you serve um Give yourselves and, and thank you for giving yourselves permission to say yes to yourselves that you need a rest at times as well. So whoever would like to go uh, first, maybe Craig, and then we'll have we'll have uh, Chief Pyland uh, kind of wrap it up for us as the chief officer. So, uh, you know, Eric, the only thing I'd really want to just touch on is that, you know, when teams or departments are start are thinking about starting peer support teams they really think they're behind the eight ball, you know, and that they're, they're, they're coming late to the game. And, you know, the, the game of peer support is forever changing. There's, you're never behind the eight ball. As a matter of fact, you're, you're probably um, the fact that you're willing to start a peer support team um, is showing that, that you realize it's the strikes and the struggles and things people face and that you care about the quality of life. And you care about that individually from a, from a mental health perspective and from a, um, a, a, a physical perspective, a health perspective. And um, 
So don't ever think that you're coming late to the game because you're not. It's it's always it's you're always right on time. And I, I appreciate that. And, you know, we talk about the vulnerability portion. Um, you, you know, I think that that's, that's key too. I think sometimes we have to let that armor down and take that weight off our shoulders and just say, Hey, we're human because we hold ourselves so tight so much. Uh, a lot of the times that we can't make mistakes and, you know, you're just not going to get this, this life without making a ton of them. I love that, Craig. Thank you very much. And, and, uh, and, and for taking off your armor and, and being real honest. Um, Chief, um, you, you set a standard that uh, some people are gonna think are unattainable uh, or to give up uh, control. Um, as, we, as we come to an end here with this, uh, with this inaugural podcast, and, and again, I'm honored to have both of you with us. Um, how would you like to, or what is, what's, what's on the tip of your tongue, on the top of your heart or in your spirit that you'd like to convey with our listeners? The, the first thing that I'm appreciative of is that Greg actually, I mean, Craig actually admitted that he makes mistakes. I think that's, uh, <laughs> I think that's awesome. <laughs> don't worry for the one mistake you've made. I've made 10. Um, for, <laughs> Thank God. You know, I agree with, with Craig that, if you're thinking about uh, developing a peer support team, absolutely. Um, you know, the people that we work with and the people that we serve uh, in our departments, they, they are our most important asset and we have to take care of them. Uh, we have a responsibility as chief officers to ensure not that they're always happy because not everyone's going to be happy with the decisions of leaders or policy, but to really make sure that they're focused and that they feel supported and that we address the post-traumatic stress that we know they go through. So if you're thinking about it, absolutely. It is a great investment. And for your chief officers, the, the number one, uh, you know, the number one resource that, that you will use it is your time and your and that, that's uh, time well spent. And I say that because, uh, you know, when your people are focused and they feel supported, they're going to be productive. But also the skill set that they're developing translates into how we serve our community. If we can talk and listen and communicate and develop relationships in a very short period of time, if we understand the principles of communication especially in this world where we've not been good communicators, then we'll be better prepared to serve those in our community during that emergency. Listening, uh, translating, communicating, how to meet people where they are, are, are valuable skills in our profession, but they're also valuable skills in how we take care of each other. Uh, I think the other thing is where Craig, uh, you know, he put it out there that there's plenty of resources out there. We didn't create this. We went out and did our research. We developed the relationships from with, with departments across the country. We shared our ideas with our regional partners. We learned every day and evolve and, and improve uh, our processes. Uh, you know, we, uh, we have developed collaborative relationships with the clinical community the hospitals, the doctor's offices, whether it be a clinician or a, a psychiatrist or psychologist or a chaplain. Our or, local CSBs. Or, that's correct. Or the community services board. Uh, those are the folks that are the trained professionals that do this. 
and we're the bridge as a peer support team to, to helping fill the void between the fire EMS personnel and that clinician. Um, not only from a, I trust Craig and I want to talk to him first. And then if he gives me advice to talk to, you know, Mary Margaret, who we have a great relationship with, who is a specialist, then, then that trust factor transcends through those relationships or vice versa. Mary Margaret can spend time with us, learn our culture, learn our mannerisms, learn our behaviors, develop those relationships before the events occur, that when the events occur, that trust and confidence is built. So absolutely, it's worth the investment uh, tenfold, I would say. Well, Chief and Craig, um, it's an honor. And on behalf of EMS Improv Podcast, uh, you, you guys definitely live the mantra that, that uh, I try to share and exhibit personally. I, I'm, I'm grateful for your time for your efforts and if we can do anything ever for each or both of you please do not hesitate to reach out and chief if an officer of chief uh, from another department wanted to reach out to you obviously they can find your phone number online but is there any contact information you can leave for for um somebody that might uh, at your level that has some questions uh get from you that you could share for, with our listeners now since we're not on video uh, sure. Uh, absolutely. HanoverCounty.gov is the main website for our county. You can follow the links to the fire EMS department and our phone number is there. It's area code 804-365-6195. And you can find our email addresses. We will be 100% available to help just provide our perspective and share our resources. We're not perfect uh, we, we are, you know, still beginning our journey, but I, I will say that the results that we have produced have been phenomenal. The relationships that we've produced have been um, very impressive. So, you know, we're, we're glad to share. Uh, and, you know, if you learn one or two things, great. If you already know, that's great. We'll want to learn from you too. Fantastic. Absolutely. And for everyone else, uh, you can get in touch with us. I can also get you in touch with uh, either Chief Byland or, or Craig Bodette. On behalf of EMS Improv Podcast, powered by GEMS, we're signing off with our inaugural podcast. Gentlemen, thank you. Have a great day, and I appreciate each one of you.